All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to a Tuesday, February 28th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. I'm Tyler Uremchuk. He is our Daily Faceoff insider, Frank Saravalli. And Frank, you called it wildcard week, and things are only getting spicier as we keep going here. Three days. Three days to go. Just trying to stay upright until Friday. Three days until our mega live stream as well. Four hours from noon Eastern until four o'clock Eastern. We'll be right here with you, breaking down everything you need to know on deadline day. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock, Frank, because a couple of big names are now off your trade targets board. Leafs GM Kyle Dubas making yet another splash a couple or a week ago it was going out and getting ryan o'reilly and now the leafs go and get jake mccabe and sam lafferty from the chicago blackhawks a deal that sees them send back a couple of players and joey anderson and pavel gogolev as well as a 2025 first round pick a 2026 second round pick chicago keeping half of jake mccabe's salary as well or sorry two million dollars of jake mccabe's salary which brings him down to a two million dollar cap hit uh, let me just start my take on this, Frank, because I love this deal from Kyle Dubas. It helps them this year. It helps them for a couple of years. Jake McCabe at $2 million is now one of the best bargains in the entire NHL. I really like the work Dubas did here. Yeah, I do too. And and look, when you you hit it right on the head, I mean, 
the idea that these are not rentals and I think have the chance to be equally as impactful together as the Ryan O'Reilly acquisition. Um, I just think this Leaf team needed a boost on the back end. We've been talking about it for a long time, months now, since Jake Muzzin went out with that injury in the very beginning of the season. How will Toronto find a way to improve their defense core? And I think McCabe is really understated. He's not going to do anything flashy or sexy, definitely not from a point production standpoint. But if he can remain healthy, which has been one of the true question marks in his career, and I think a lot of teams were potentially scared about uh, the neck injury that he had and the, the surgery that he underwent to have that disc repaired, that the Leafs took the risk, and now they're in a spot where they can reap the rewards of a guy that's been healthy and has a lot to contribute, is a stout defender, doesn't get rattled when he's facing pressure, um, can move the puck pretty efficiently. And then up front, you add a Swiss Army knife type player in Sam Lafferty that has elite speed to burn. He can contribute to your penalty kill. He's tied for the league lead in shorthanded goals scored this year. It just provides yet another option and wrinkle for Sheldon Keefe to tinker with his lineup card, which is already pretty impressive enough. And Sam Lafferty has played more center this year than wing for the Chicago Blackhawks. So if need be, you run into a pinch in the playoffs. Lafferty can play center as well. And that really inexpensive cap hit for next season at $1.15 million. Him and McCabe, a total of 3.15. Those are perfect finds. Good luck trying to find a free agent defenseman on the market this summer, cheaper and more effective than Jake McCabe at two years and two million bucks. And so now we wait because something has to happen for Toronto next if yeah. they plan on activating goaltender Matt Murray before the playoffs, which I'd expect to happen given that Murray was back at practice over the weekend. So that means that they have to say goodbye to someone for cap reasons in order to activate Murray. My money would still be on Alex Kerfoot, Justin Hall, and Pierre Engvall are possibilities, but you heard Kyle Dubas use the line, the old Lou Lamorello line, in his press conference on Monday saying, an old friend once told me, if you have time, use it. And in this case, the Leafs have a couple more days until the deadline. They could also waive a couple players to be cap compliant with Murray. But keep an eye on the Toronto Maple Leafs because I don't think they're done quite yet. Interesting stuff in our daily face-off YouTube chat. Kyler is in and says the Leafs load up, which will make their first round exit that much sweeter. And actually, just I know that's just some good humor and some low-hanging fruit as well. But I like this deal because, again, McCabe and Lafferty are going to help you next year and McCabe the year after that. Even if you were to, in whatever world, potentially flame out against the Tampa Bay Lightning, this deal will still look good for Kyle Dubas. Yes, Frank? I was going to say, here's the other thing. With a 2025 first-round pick that's also top 10 lottery protected, kind of the earliest you're thinking that that pick is going to impact your team in 2028, that's five whole years from now. So will all those guys that are on the Leafs roster still be there by then? So I don't think you worry too much about the 2025 and 26 picks. And I think it's actually just to park that is an interesting trend that you might see from around the NHL. Our friend Rob Rossi had a report earlier in the week that the Arizona Coyotes were asking the Pittsburgh Penguins for 2025 and 2026 first round picks because they're betting that the Pittsburgh Penguins will not be very good in 2024, 25, and 2025, 26, and that they might have some pretty decent lottery odds. And I wonder if that's part of the calculus when you think about it from Chicago's perspective, when you look at the guys that are under contract that may not be by the time these picks finally hit, just something to park in the back of your mind.
Well, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the return for the Chicago Blackhawks in this deal. I like the point you made about how you're not going to get a free agent defenseman at a better deal than Jake McCabe's $2 million. And that, to me, makes this return pretty underwhelming from a Hawks perspective. I get maybe the thinking behind waiting until 2025 to get a first-round pick. But when you look around the league at the cost of acquiring, of keeping money... I just I feel I would feel underwhelmed on this return if I was a Chicago Blackhawks fan. Is that fair of me to say, Frank, or do you actually think Kyle Davidson did okay here? Well, why, aside from the dates, like if someone just said to you, take take the years off and said first round pick and second round pick, you'd probably say heading into the season, if that really it boils down to essentially the Leafs getting a first round pick for Jake McCabe and a second round pick for Sam Lafferty. Go back a year in time when they take Sam Lafferty off of uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for an AHL salary dump in Alex Nylander to turn uh, Sam Lafferty into a second round pick and to then take Jake McCabe, a guy that entered the season with some injury questions and his history and also just the market at large. I don't, was anyone talking about getting a first round pick for Jake McCabe when the season started? I doubt it. And I think when you take a look at the draft boards, you're saying, well, Toronto didn't have a 2023 first-round pick. They do have one in 2024, and not much else capital around. It's not like there wasn't even another second-round pick until 2026. That was the next one available. So I think sometimes you have to deal with, you know, the obstacles that a team, you know, presents to you in order to make a deal happen. And I think that's what took place with this deal for um, Chicago. And I think here's the the other side benefit that no one's talking about. Look at the lineup that the Chicago Blackhawks iced in Arizona on Monday night. It was an AHL quality lineup. They've got about 40 percentage points to shave in the standings between now and the end of the season in order to get to that 32nd place spot and have the best lottery odds for Connor Bedard. Taking uh, McCabe, uh, taking likely later today, and we'll talk about it, Patrick Kane out of the lineup, as well as Sam Lafferty, all of a sudden... A team that wasn't very good to begin with now has even less of an opportunity to pile up points. Uh, we'll park Kane, but looking at that roster, do you think Kyle Davidson has some more pieces he'll be looking to sell off? Look, I, I think everyone's wondering about Max Domi and Andreas Athanasiu, but I, I don't get the sense that there's anything sort of front burner. Those, to me, feel like deadline day, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern deals where your phone rings and you say, what are you going to give me? And you find out and you, you decide whether or not to pull the trigger. Fair. Uh, you sent out an interesting tweet this morning from a source saying the NHL has sent a memo to teams kind of telling them, hey, we don't want you getting up to any sneaky stuff and manipulating LTIR space and acquiring players and stashing them till the playoffs. Take us through kind of what the league wanted teams to understand from this and who it could affect. Well, it's pretty simple what the league was trying to target here. There's a couple players that are available and on our trade targets board this season that have somewhat substantial injuries, mainly Gustav Nyquist from the Columbus Blue Jackets, and then Adam Henrique was one that surfaced in the last few days. It sounds like Henrique is out somewhere in the neighborhood of four to six weeks. Friday is pretty much exactly six weeks until the end of the regular season. And so what the NHL said to its teams today 
it closes essentially the loophole that the Toronto Maple Leafs opened a couple of years back in acquiring Riley Nash. You trade for a player that's injured and L- on L- LTIR, and you basically add him to your cap at a cap neutral uh, spot. So there's no cap consequences. You keep that player off of your cap for the rest of the regular season. And then when the playoffs roll around, you activate him. And so the NHL said, if you choose to do that, we will closely scrutinize this and potentially hit you with penalties and remedies after the season is over. So that was the warning shot across the bow from the NHL to teams today. The way around it would be to say, we can activate either Nyquist or Henrique, for instance, before the end of the regular season. But a team would have to be pretty confident in that player's health, for one, and two, uh, their ability to get that player under the cap before the season. There's no outlet with no ability to trade in order to create that kind of space. So I think it makes those deals rather unlikely. Those guys will be plummeting on our trade targets board uh, before uh, Friday's last and final edition. And I want to say one thing that this does not address is the Patrick Kane, Nikita Kucherov, and now maybe Gabriel Landeskog other loophole that exists that has been staring the NHL in the face for quite a long time. And that is that these players have been injured for a long time, and the team then uses the space from those players to go out and acquire more players and beef up their roster to then activate that player when it comes to the playoffs. So Kucherov, we know, missed the entire season with the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2021 comes back, plays only in the playoffs, and helps the Lightning win the Stanley Cup. Gabriel Landeskog presents a very interesting case for the Colorado Avalanche. He underwent surgery on October 18th. He was only scheduled to miss 12 weeks. That would have put his timeline to return somewhere around January 10th or January 18th. Well, guess what? He still hasn't played yet. He's only just begun skating. And the Avs have $7 million in cap space from Landeskog that I think they're tempted to use between now and Friday, at least according to the discussions that I believe the Avs have been having. Will they or won't they? That's the big question, and this memo did not address that. I have more details, Tyler, on dailyfaceoff.com in a story that I posted this morning. Fair enough. Interesting stuff and another interesting wrinkle in the deadline. Frank, I got a coffee right here that is getting cold. So for our next segment, I'm just going to underhand give you a little lob of what are you hearing? And I'm going to kick back and listen. Okay, so yeah, we're going to call this a mini icebreaker segment, and I will try and keep it as brief as possible. Uh, One, first off, the Edmonton Oilers have been pretty active in trade talks in the last 24 to 48 hours. Depending on who you talk to, it seems like they've been rather close at times to a deal to acquire a defenseman. But I'll tell you this, one hang-up that they've had in this last 24 hours is finding a way to move money. That's been a huge concern for them if they're taking on a player with money and term that they need to move out roster players. And that's been a bit of a tough go. They haven't found a fit yet. And I think that's squarely been in the middle of what they've been trying to accomplish. In addition to not really loving some of the prices that have been out there for Matias Ekholm in Nashville and also for Jacob Chikorin in Arizona. I don't think they're nearly as interested in Vladislav Gavrikov. JT Miller, let's hit the Vancouver Canucks. His name has been out there a bit in the last few days. Uh, He is also, according to the team, week to week with an injury. But I did see a report yesterday that was from his agent that said he's only expected to miss about a week. So the question is, is JT Miller in play? I'll tell you the answer is yes. 
but with a caveat. And that is that the Vancouver Canucks have been active in talks in the last week. They're trying to find an NHL-ready younger center that could potentially take the place of Miller in their lineup. And if they can do that, then it would make it a lot easier to trade JT Miller. There's a lot of things that would have to happen in order for that to happen. So I would say that it is rather unlikely that JT Miller ends up being on the move before Friday at 3 p.m. If he's going to go at all before his no trade clause kicks in on July 1, I'd expect it to be in the summer. That brings us to the Calgary Flames. What's going on with their cap situation and Oliver Shillington? I'm told that there is a mechanism in place for the Flames to move Shillington to LTIR and get his cap space as he's missed the entirety of this season with personal reasons and he has remained in Sweden. He has not come over to North America. It seems unlikely that he will play, but he's been on their cap all season long and the Flames who have space as it is, if they need more, can convert and find a way to move Shillington's $2.5 million to LTI and have more space ahead of the deadline. I don't think they've been very active in talks, but I do know that the GM and Brad Tree Living keeps tabs on just about everything around the league. And I think that's it for the most part. A quick little trip around Western Canada. Some interesting stuff in all three of those markets will feel like they're weirdly at different stages right now. Worth keeping an eye on. And as always, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com. Frank's going to have a new deadline countdown article coming out later today as well. We've danced around the Columbus Blue Jackets a couple of times here on the show. But let's really drill down on an interesting team to watch ahead of the deadline with this week's edition of the All 32. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A pleasure to once again be joined by Aaron Portsline of The Athletic to chat a little Columbus Blue Jackets. And I'll start with the Blue Jacket, who's the highest on Frank's trade targets board, Aaron, and that's Vladislav Gavrikov. There was some talk that the Bruins were interested. They go out and get a D-man. Maybe some rumblings. The Leafs were interested. They go out and get a D-man. With these teams kind of disappearing from the market, is Jarmo Kekalainen going to have to alter his ask here on Gavrikov? 
Yeah, well, we'll see. It, it certainly looks that way. They want a first-round draft pick as a starting point. I think they felt like they were going to get that from Boston. They're still a little perturbed that that fell through. Uh, but in speaking to Yarmo Kekalainen yesterday, they, they're they moving on. They've uh, had some increase in interest on Gavrikov. I think the it's so interesting because I look at the Edmonton Oilers and I think, boy, that's just a perfect fit for the Blue Jackets and the Oilers to be talking trade. Because I'm not sure the Oilers don't need a goaltender either. The Blue Jackets are trying to move Yunus Korpisala, who's quietly had a really good year for a really not good team, especially defensively. Um, and they seem like they would be a fit, but I, th- you know, it's Gavrikov's expiring contract that apparently is of, not, of no interest to Ken Holland for a first round pick. But we'll see if that changes. The, the more these teams sort of pick up their defensemen, McCabe to Toronto yesterday, you look at that list of guys that are available and you look at the teams that are looking for defensemen and boy, there's a lot of defensemen there. So I'm not sure it's really a, a seller's market for, for Gavrikov that they had hoped it would be. Not an easy year to sell him either unless you're, you're talking to people who have paid close attention to him for three or four years, he's in a different role for the Blue Jackets this year with Wierenski out. He's been he's been basically a first-pair defenseman. I don't think anyone really sees him in that light. He's a second-pair guy, probably a third-pair guy for some of these defense, these Stanley Cup teams that think they've got a chance to win it all. So it's it's not a perfect situation for Jarmo Kekalainen. But I, in speaking with him yesterday, he still seemed quite confident that he'd be able to move him. I'm just not sure if if a first and a third, which is what they got for Savard and what they wanted for Gavrikov, uh, is going to happen at this point because the market's changed. Yeah, Porty, I was thinking that the market might change as as uh, Columbus has had that ask out there. You mentioned Corpus Allo, so I want you to hit on, on Corpus Allo 1. I've had a really tough time handicapping the goaltending market. What do you think the, the likelihood of a trade for Corpus Allo is? And two, the other guy that's been on my trade targets board that's been way further down the list has been Jack Roslovic. Uh, it seems to yeah. me like the, the, the Blue Jackets are a bit frustrated i guess you could say with roslovic and i don't know if it's his yep. compete or his consistency or whatever it is but it seems like he's driving them crazy it, probably more of a summer transaction but is there a chance that uh we see jack roslovic on the move as well i think there is a chance i, I think summer is more likely because frank to your to your point I, I just i look at the roslovic situation and the word is out on roslovic this is he's 26 years old maybe he's 27. Um, you know what you're getting in Jack Rossley. This is not a 19, 20-year-old player. And is is it the defensive lapses? It is. Is it the consistency? It is. And it's still those things. It's the same stuff that, you know, Winnipeg wouldn't have traded him if it weren't for these things either. There's a, there's a skill set there that is tantalizing, and you see it every once in a while. Um, but it just it isn't sustained. And I don't know if, 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 if I'm going into the playoffs, I'm certainly not thinking that I can use Roslevic down the middle. Like, that that's – I don't trust him down the middle if I'm a playoff team. And I haven't seen him at the wings. It's, it'd be an odd fit, I think, for a team that, that sees itself going into the postseason. But in the summertime, I think – I'm sure there are teams out there that think that they could fix him, and maybe they can. Again, there's a skill set there that 
is pretty alluring, but it just hasn't been a fit here. The other thing is Columbus's center ice position is going to change dramatically over the summer. Voronkov is coming over from the KHL, probably a third-line guy. And you've probably noticed this is about the NHL lottery now in Columbus. And they're hopeful of either, either getting Bedard or Fantilli. And either one of those guys go right into the mix in the middle. So what it looks like right now is almost certainly not what it's going to look like next year. Fantastic stuff. As always, Aaron, appreciate your insight ahead of the deadline. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Great stuff from Aaron Portsline of The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at A Portsline. Frank, in our DFO YouTube chat, there are a lot of Oilers fans in there right now. They obviously watched Connor McDavid score number 50 in game six. Well, hold on a second. Oh. We actually have some news. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers have traded Yessa Pugliarvi, uh to the Carolina Hurricanes, according to Pierre Lebrun from The Athletic, working on some details. Uh, but makes sense to me. I, I literally just said to you earlier in the show that one of their struggles was moving money. And so this would seem to indicate that if they were able to move Pugliarvi, uh, that, that, you know, there's potentially something on the other end of this. So stay tuned. Should we maybe just stay live right in the Oilers Nation every day coming up at noon on the Nation Network YouTube chat because that is going to be a very interesting show now with that news and you just talked about you know this is a chance for Ken Holland to now free up some cap space and we'll see if uh, we'll see if this is the full deal going if there's a contract coming back and if this was maybe the one hiccup in the Oilers potentially adding a defenseman. Uh, anything else on this Frank or should we keep moving along? No keep rolling. I, uh, I'll, right. If I get something else I'll fill you in. I'm All right, so some it. big news. Yessa Pugliarvi heading to the Carolina Hurricanes from the Edmonton Oilers. We'll have more on that on dailyfaceoff.com. But the question was about Connor McDavid, who scored his 50th goal last night in just 61 games. Quite the accomplishment for number 97 as we get a look at the goal here undressing Jeremy Swayman in front of the Rogers Place crowd. Frank, the question is, how many will he finish the year with? He's on pace for 67. I said 64 a few weeks back, and I'm going to stick with that number. You know, I think it was a classic Connor McDavid reaction um, when he said, you know, Gene Principe, the, the intermission interview, and was like, hey, like, I've got the puck here from the 50 goals. And he's like, it's cool, I guess. Like, I guess. <laughs> Look, this is a guy that's made it his personal mission and quest to make um, to make it to 50 goals and to score more, to be a better scorer. He's been talking about that for a long time. Uh, and now he finally hits it, and to do it in 61 games is pretty incredible. So the best player in the world puts his mind to it. You see what happens. Interesting stuff. I'm going to say he does get to his pace of 67 this year. He just seems so driven to want to score more goals this year. His shots per game is up. He's had games this year where he's at 7-8 shots. So I think 67 is an attainable number for Connor McDavid. The chat is going crazy right now with the news that uh, – that uh, that the Oilers made a big splash and traded yes Pugliarvi to the Carolina Hurricanes. Sorry, it is wildly distracting to try to execute this show, Frank. Yeah, try try actually trying to get to sources as we're talking. Yeah. 
Okay, so we'll pull you off the screen. I'll talk a little betting for a second because I nailed my shot prop parlay yesterday at plus 170. Our friends at Points Bet Canada have the full slate, and I got a couple of plays that I do like in this game. I'm going to start with that matchup between the Blue Jackets and the Sabres. The Sabres have hit the over in three of four, while the Blue Jackets haven't been a great over bet as of late. Elvis Merzlikens is expected to be the starter tonight. He's confirmed on dailyfaceoff.com. He's allowed at least three goals in nine straight hockey games. The Sabres have a good offense. These two teams met earlier in the year. Tage Thompson scored like six goals in two periods or whatever the hell that was. The point is, lots of goals tonight between Columbus and Buffalo. I like the over. And for my shot prop parlay, Jake Gensel, Michael Backlund. The line is set at two and a half for each of these guys. If you play them together, it pays out plus 135. Gensel has hit in seven of 10 and four of his last five. Backlund has hit in nine straight games and has been over four shots on goal in five straight. I love this spot, plus 138. Play them together, and there you go. Your two plays for tonight, courtesy of Points Bet Canada. Uh, just catching I up just on for, what... Just for some comedy here, if, if anyone's interested yeah. in comedy hour. Text from NHL GM. Damn, missed out on Yessi. We may have even had a helmet that fit on his head. So there you go. <laughs> uh, that is... That's a good one. Um, <laughs> the, I love that you brought up your... If we're talking about comedy talking about uh, you talking to an NHL GM, because my favorite thing, Frank, is we post a lot of clips of you on TikTok, and we're trying to really get in with that young demographic that exists on TikTok. And whenever we post a clip of you being like, I was talking to an NHL source, or I was talking to an NHL GM, you get like 10 comments of kids on TikTok being like, yeah, right. I highly doubt this guy's talking to anyone in the NHL. It is great comedy yeah. for me to read through those. Uh, let's get to garbage time today. And uh, 13 years ago today, Frank, it was a big moment for Canadian hockey. 13 years since Sidney Crosby scored the golden goal, winning the gold medal for Team Canada at the 2010 Winter Olympics, beating Ryan Miller. Absolutely iconic moment in Canadian sports. It's always one of those where were you things. And for me, obviously, 13 years ago, I was only 12 years old. And I actually had my own hockey game that day. And I remember getting to the rink just in time for OT. We went up to the bar at the arena me and all of my 12-year-old teammates. And we actually watched it as a team on the big screen at the bar. I remember going crazy when the goal was scored. One of those really perfect hockey moments. Uh, Frank, I'm going to assume that you are knee-deep in talking to a source right now. And if you have a second. Would you well, I'll just pass this along, too. Um, okay. So the Oilers, it seems like the deal is Patrick Puistola coming from Carolina. Uh, another Finn, a guy that actually was a third-round pick in 2019 and has had some uh, pretty decent numbers in the Finnish Hockey League, 38 points this season and 56 games. Uh, the Oilers are obviously not retaining any salary on Pugliarvi. And so it's interesting that Carolina ended up being the team. I'm told three of the teams that had reached out on Pugliarvi in recent weeks were Florida, St. Louis, and Anaheim. And then I think there was some concern that if – Pugliarvi went through waivers that Carolina would be the team that ended up claiming him. So the Oilers actually end up, it seems, working out in that they don't have to pay to move on from Pugliarvi. They get a little uh, entry-level contract. He's actually on a reserve list. So um, he's just a draft pick, not signed. And if they want to sign him, great at some point. If not, uh, you find a way to move off without paying him. Whew, interesting stuff. Breaking news live on the show, and you will be getting a lot of that 
March 3rd. It's our deadline show coming up noon until 4 Eastern. Frank will be up in his insider cam brought to you by Athletic Brewing. And we are going to have a ton of discussion. Myself, Nick Alberga, Jay Rosehill, Mike McKenna, Matt Larkin, Stephen Ellis. Everyone's going to be around for our four-hour live stream. So if you're watching right now on the DFO YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss the show. It's going to be a ton of fun. Frank, great work today. We got breaking news. There is a lot going on. Keep it locked on Daily Faceoff, and we'll be back tomorrow at noon Eastern time with another edition of the live show. Chat with you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.